It says, when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. Following that law, the Bible says that Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. That act showed his affiliation with and his solidarity to the Hebrew people, a very profound thing. And it was done exactly according to the law. You're going to hear that phrase. You're going to hear that as we repeat our verses today. It was done exactly according to the law. The Bible says it was on this eighth day that he was officially named Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. On the eighth day, he is named Jesus. Well, the next recorded event in the life of Jesus is found in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. Some very simple verses. I'm afraid some verses maybe that we've passed by too quickly. The next recorded event in our Savior's life. Listen to Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. It says this. And when the days for their purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. After the eighth day, after the day of the circumcision and the naming of Jesus, the Bible tells us 33 more days passed. Again, as prescribed exactly in the Old Testament law. On this day, 33 days past the eighth day, Mary and Joseph made their way, the Bible tells us, to Jerusalem to the temple. Bible says that they did this to present the baby to the Lord. This event, this day, included three different important parts. There was the redemption of the firstborn. This was an offering of five shekels. There was a burnt offering, which was to be a lamb. Leviticus chapter 12, verse 8, however, prescribes that they could use a dove if they could not afford a lamb. And the third part of the day was a sin offering for Mary. The Old Testament law says this also was to be a dove. And so understand, on this day, Joseph and Mary, and with Jesus in tow, they made their way into the temple, also carrying with them two doves. Two doves that if they were not otherwise occupied on this day would have gladly fluttered and have flown away. Two doves that though they were caught, they could hear the rustling and the cooing of the other doves that were perched along the temple rooftop and the walls of the temple complex. Two doves that testified to the lowly estate, the, the sheer poorness of the Messiah's earthly family. Two doves weirdly commissioned to point to that Messiah. Once inside on this day, the five shekels were paid. It was a sign ever since the Passover event 
that all those that are the firstborn belong to the Lord. And so the first thing they would do is pay the five shekels as an offering and a requirement. After that, the lamb would be taken. However, because Joseph did not have the means for a lamb, the first dove was taken. It was killed. It was placed on an altar of fire where it would be visibly consumed before them. Now, this offering was called a continual offering, which means that it was frequently repeated. It showed the, the sinfulness of man and how the need for atonement was continual as man is, is steeped in sin. It shows the need for this continual atonement to be made. The couple would have watched as the smoke rose up, as the dove was consumed. Surely they also could smell strongly the, the scent in the air as it is burned there on the altar. Their offering goes up. Next and last was the sin offering. This was the dove for Mary, signifying the end of her days of purification, also exactly as the Old Testament law had prescribed. The sin offering was made for sins, either intentional or unintentional, for which restitution could not be made. Now I want you to listen to this. Very simply, once the sin was committed, there was no taking it back. Once the sin was committed, there was no wishing it away, no, no great amount of wishing it away could help. Once the sin was committed, no amount of work, no amount of good deeds could erase it. It stood as a sin committed. That sin is now recorded. For this offering, the person offering the dove would place their hand on the dove's head. Symbolically, their guilt was then assigned, was then placed on the animal. After that, and because of that, the penalty was not applied to the person, but the penalty was imparted to the animal, and it was also killed. The Bible says, in the wages of sin is death. Unlike the burnt offering, this, the sin offering, is a blood sacrifice. It is a blood offering. The blood, which would have been fresh, it would have been bright red, was smeared on the horns of the altar. The blood that was bright red would have been poured around the base of the altar. The Bible says the requirement for the offering to be accepted was repentance. On the part of the person that was making the offering, it was godly sorrow over their sin. It was, it was somber repentance over their sin. And this was carried out in that understanding. At this point, I picture Mary and Joseph, they collected up Jesus and their few belongings and an empty dove's cage, and they made their way out. They made their way out with all that they had held in their arms with this, with this empty cage swinging behind them. They made their way out back into the streets. Oh, the cost of sin. 
Oh, the, the terrible cost of sin. And I, I imagine this empty cage it is, as it is now lighter, as it swings behind him. It is a, it's a reminder, oh, the terrible regret of sin, the cost of sin. Under this system, this was the norm. In life under the law, this was expected. It was never finished. It would have been lamb after lamb. It would have been dove after dove, a temporary offering for a continual need. But friends, I want you to see this this morning. This is where it turns. This is why we celebrate today. You see, they carried in their temporary offering a pair of two doves but they were carrying in their arms the final, full, perfect, infinite sacrifice for sin, the Lamb of God, Jesus. A short 33 years later, that Lamb would come into this same city. A short 33 years later, he would shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. He would give his life, the Bible says, as a ransom for many not as some unsuspecting animal, but as a gracious, determined Savior would he come. And there and then he would pay for sin. He would pay for your sin and he would pay for mine. There he would make atonement, reconciling the accounts. And in him, forgiveness is made available. In him, redemption is secured. And I want to tell you today, best of all, it is full and it is complete, and in Jesus it is finished. Friends, what was symbolic in those doves is realized in our lamb. He has borne our guilt, he has paid the penalty of sin, and now he stands in resurrection victory. Folks, listen to me this Christmas morning. We have our lamb, we have our savior. The baby of Bethlehem is that lamb, his name is Jesus. The Bible says that God demonstrates his love and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me tell you today, this Christmas morning, we are blessed. We celebrate the birth. We remember his death. And we know the grace of both. Would those who are to serve, please come forward.